Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Peter, good afternoon. How are you, sir? I'm great, Eric. How about yourself? I am doing fantastic. I know that you have a special guest almost in studio. We're almost getting there, right? We're almost in studio. You're back in Boston, right? I'm back in the office. Yeah, it's very exciting. All right. And you, you sent me some notes, and it just made me chuckle. The boring bond guys and gals from Bellhaven Investments. We've already been talking for 10 minutes and this guy's anything but boring. So this is going to be fun today. I think it will be. <laughs> so today's topic is bonds, about bonds. And it seems to me that bonds have a bad rap, right? I mean, that's kind of what I've heard. I talk to a lot of different people and nobody really understands them either. So I'm really glad we're doing this. Interest rates are low. And I've heard on the news that inflation is bad for bonds. And we know that inflation is... Well, feels like inflation's coming because I've bought two by fours lately, and I don't know about you, but I used to pick them up cheap. Now they're like almost ten dollars a piece. Yeah, they've gone up. A lot of things have gone up recently. Whether yeah. that'll stay up, you know, who knows? But I think that's exactly um, wh- why I thought it'd be great to have a bond expert on, on the podcast. Is is that bonds or, or fixed income? That's another phrase that's used. They're really unloved investments these days. But in my opinion these bonds are like the infrastructure of most of our clients' portfolios. And just like infrastructure, you know, roads and bridges and electricity and water, we, we don't think about these things unless they don't work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In our world, if we can't turn on our computers, we're done. <laughs> and, and so it's similar with bonds. We don't really think about bonds until there's a shock in the stock market or the economy. Mm-hmm. And it feels like stocks aren't working. And then then we're real happy we own them. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a, a great point, a great way to say it. And I'm super excited you're allowing me to actually introduce our guest today. And that is Stan Statler. And Stan is Vice President of Advisory Solutions for Bellhaven Investments. And Bellhaven Investments is a 15 billion fixed income manager based in Rybrook, New York, which is in Westchester County, right north of New York City. Stan, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Eric and Peter, thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Stan, see, Stan, I'm, I'm so happy you're here today. For our listeners, I just want to clarify that Bellhaven Investments is an independent investment advisory firm that's not affiliated with Lincoln Financial Advisors. So with that little introduction, tell us about Bellhaven. <laughs> that's great. Thank you, Peter. You're right. Bellhaven's a boutique fixed income manager. As Eric mentioned, we're based in Westchester, New York. We've been around since 1991 as a firm, managing clients' assets since 2002. We're fortunate today to manage approximately $15 billion in clients' assets. That ranges from high net worth, ultra high net worth individuals to uh, institutions such as pensions, endowments, etc. The firm's comprised of about 40 individuals, all employee-owned, So a true definition of a boutique firm, we build tax exempt and taxable individual bond portfolios. We focus on high grade, high quality laddered portfolios where we're utilizing either tax exempt municipal bonds or taxable bonds. 
And as Peter, you know, well, everything we do is highly customizable on an individual client level. Yeah. So, so let's start off with the basics because you threw out some jargon there for our listeners, which is the language you and I talk, but some of our listeners don't necessarily speak that way. So, but, so let's start with these basics. How does a bond work and why do investors buy bonds? It's an important question to bring it back to the basics because it's really the crux of what we do. Uh, A bond is simply a loan. Investors are loaning their money to a borrower with the expectation of being paid interest, a set rate of interest, and being paid back principal at a predetermined date. Investors buy bonds for a variety of reasons, but some of the more common ones, obviously, is safety, income, and they can be a great diversification tool to investors, other investments. So, so bonds are basically a debt instrument, and they can, there's the market, the bond market, which is huge around the globe. What types of bonds do, do, do you and your firm like? You're right. It's a huge marketplace. The bond market, the fixed income market, is the uh, biggest investment universe in the world, in the globe. There are uh, so many different types of bonds. And then in each sort of sector of bonds or choice you have in the bond market, there are a variety of subsectors. Where we focus, as I mentioned, is the conservative high-grade space, which tends to lend us towards municipal bonds. And that is both tax-exempt municipal bonds and actually taxable municipal bonds depending on the client. We'll also focus on corporate bonds, but in general, we tend to stick with domestic United States, high quality conservative bonds. So so when I think about Bellhaven as a firm, and and one of the reasons why we recommend your firm to our clients is because of your credit analysis. So just tell our listeners why this is such an important aspect of, of the purchasing of a bond and how does Bellhaven do this? Credit analysis in bonds and fixed income is the first line of defense. It's the most important thing that we provide in servicing Peter and all of our uh, individual clients. We always say interest rate risks last a certain amount of time, but credit is forever. And it's the one thing that frankly, we're not allowed to make a mistake on. So that's where our main focus is. The muni market historically has been considered one of the safer, if not safest asset classes, but simply just because it's a safe investment doesn't mean you would blindly want to just loan your money to any old municipality. There's over 70,000 individual municipalities in the United States of America that all issue debt. Think of your local school districts, think of your local uh, water district. Many of them borrow money for a variety of different things. You are paid back as a bondholder for things like property taxes or paying your water bill. But there's a wide spectrum of how conservative or risky many of these municipalities may be. So it's important to do a ton of research on uh, their financials, their ability to pay, their willingness to pay. And we break that down into individual bonds that we are comfortable investing in on behalf of clients. You, you talked earlier a little bit about municipal bonds and, and taxable and, and tax-free municipals. Could, could you just describe quickly what the difference is? Yeah, it's our favorite topic, actually, Peter. Everyone typically thinks of municipal bonds just purely as tax-exempt municipal bonds. And they don't think of the other side of that coin, which is a taxable municipal bond. 
Now, there's a few differences involved, but the majority of taxable municipal bonds are identical to a tax-exempt municipal bond. It's simply a municipality that is looking to borrow funds to put those funds to work inside their local community. The key for an investor is that they pay taxable interest more in line with a corporate bond or a treasury bond or something common like that that you'd be familiar with. But the borrower who is obligated to pay you back is a municipality. And that's fantastic for investors because that means they get the safety and the conservative nature of the municipal bond market, but they get to be compensated more like a taxable fixed income instrument, more like a corporate bond. So for investors that are looking for something uh, rather safe, but looking for taxable fixed income, that can be a home run. So we do a lot of work for recent retirees where maybe their tax bracket has dropped recently, where tax bull bonds make sense. We do a lot for recent business sales where their income has dropped, but they may have a, a large sum of capital they're looking to deploy. And then naturally qualified money. And qualified money is typically uh, non-taxable money. So for individual clients, that's an IRA or a 401k, something like that. And then for institutions, a pension and endowment, et cetera. Hmm, that's interesting. So right now in, in the in, in our economy and in the financial world, I think many investors are hearing that uh, interest rates are rising. And there's a sense there that rising interest rates are just bad for bonds. And I know I'm asked all the time where I think interest rates are going. And I honestly tell people I have no idea and I'm not going <laughs> to guess. Could, could you talk about why trying to predict the direction of interest rates is more often a bad bet? Peter, it's the two most common questions we get all the time, right? Are interest rates or are higher interest rates bad for bonds? And regardless, where are interest rates going? Do you have a crystal ball? Can you make a prediction? As far as are higher interest rates bad for bonds, the first question, it depends, frankly. If you're a long-term investor that own your own individual bonds, where you see the actual individual bonds called a separately managed account, and you manage that in a laddered format, higher interest rates are not a bad thing. In fact, they are a positive event in your portfolio. And that's where we get a little uh, sideways with uh, the media or what have you. We nicknamed CNBC the constantly negative bond channel to that exact point because they just assume and just sort of blurt this idea out that, oh, higher interest rates are bad for bond investors, but they never preface it with what that means. Let me give you an example, something maybe investors are a little more com comfortable with or familiar with. Let's just use a CD. If you bought a six-month CD today, you will get your money back six months from now and you're paid X amount percentage in interest per year. Well, what do you want to have happen after that six month period? Do you want interest rates higher or lower? Peter, obviously you want interest rates higher because you'd love for the day you get your money back from that CD for it to be reinvested in a new higher earning CD or bond instrument. There is no difference in bonds when you own your own bonds except for the fact that on your statement, you see the market price every single day, up, down, sideways, and different. So naturally, if investors see red on their screen, that's concerning. They see green on their screen, it's exciting. But to bring it back to your first question that we talked about, a bond is just a loan. And when that loan matures and you get your full principal back, 
higher interest rates is exactly what you want if you own your own bonds in an SMA. As far as where rates are going, Peter, frankly, the investors that uh, we tend to work with, they don't partner with us to make a big market call like that. Because even the smartest of market timers, and you could argue, uh, you know, this is what we do for a living in the fixed income space, will inevitably be wrong. And that's why we stick with that laddered format, which just simply means that you have bonds maturing in a staggered structure. Think one-year bonds and then two-year bonds and then three-year bonds, et cetera. So you always have cash maturing. That allows the investor to sleep well at night and not be overly concerned about the direction of interest rates in either direction. Because for as many times as a brilliant investor will be right about the direction of interest rates, it'll only take one or two times to be wrong where you're on the wrong side of history and you're regretting your decision. So don't try and make a big bet on interest rates. Again, if you own your own bonds in a laddered format, like Peter and his clients tend to focus on, you won't have to be concerned and get sucked into that type of conversation. So, so it sounds like you, you use this structure, this portfolio structure to mitigate interest rate increases and decreases. It just, it's just not a non-issue for the client and their portfolio because they're holding on to the bond. At least in theory, they're holding on to the bond until it matures. That's correct. You're spot on. And what gets lost in that is you don't always have to wait until the maturity date. Keep in mind, bonds are regularly called. You have coupon payments being paid into the portfolio. We're what's considered an active manager. So in any given year, a large percentage of the portfolio could convert from bonds into cash and be reinvested in that new higher interest rate environment. Again, higher interest rates are exactly what you should be hoping for with that type of portfolio structure. The only caveat to that, I would say, is the investor that's looking to sort of be a little more short term or might need short term liquidity. Because the media in that conversation isn't wrong. When interest rates move higher, the value of your bond moves lower but that's the mark to market value. If you know you're holding that bond for the three-year maturity date, you know, hey, at the end of December in 2022, I'm getting all my money back. Higher interest rates is precisely what you should frankly be rooting for in portfolios like this. Yeah. You know, and I, you began to talk about it, but I'd like you to go into a little bit more detail about what makes Bell Haven's active management approach different and special. Yeah, there's a few things that makes Bellhaven sort of special and unique. The, the culture is a big deal. Being a boutique firm and, and really being able to put our clients first instead of shareholders or other stakeholders in, involved in the portfolio, we take a big focus in eliminating egos in our uh, firm. And what I mean by egos is those that really want to make a big market call, that think they are smarter than the market and are going to try to predict interest rates. Because again, our job is to protect your capital. Our job is to never uh, be in a position where ourselves or Peter or anyone we work with has to say sorry because we made a mistake. So easing our reliance on trying to have a, a, an ego or a big market call and to think that you're smarter than the market, we just look to reduce that from a culture perspective. Our sort of claim to fame, as Peter knows, and how many look at us is our process. We focus on taking advantage of the inefficiencies of the bond market. Simply put, fighting for the best possible price for each individual bond for our investors. And that results in more income and more performance. The bond market is an inefficient place. 
And without going too much into the weeds, Peter, I'll give you an example. If four different people went to buy the exact same bond at the exact same time, let's say right now, for example, they would pay four different prices, potentially drastically different prices. And there's a variety of things that go into the good pricing you get and the structure of your firm and a number of nuances involved there. But our focus and our advantage is getting the most efficient uh, process involved and getting the best price of each individual bond on behalf of your clients. And again, that results in more income and performance. And that advantage in in being able to get the best price in the market allows us to build conservative portfolios from a credit perspective, conservative portfolios from an interest rate perspective, keep it high grade, keep it high quality, build a laddered portfolio, but we're still able to produce outperformance over our benchmarks, over many of our peers. To use a jargon word, we're able to produce alpha in our portfolios, which is a risk-adjusted outperformance. And that uh, advantage when it comes to trade execution really drives that home. I think from a transaction perspective, Bellhaven isn't profiting on the transaction itself. And my understanding is that there are plenty of firms that will actually do that. They'll buy a whole bundle of bonds and then take portions of the, that bond and transfer that into client portfolios. And Bellhaven's not doing that. You're not on that side of the, of the, of the transaction. We're not correct. It, it's all about just reducing the amount of steps to get to the, the seller of the bond and creating the most efficient a sort of supply chain in order to have access to individual bonds. Naturally, if there's less parties, if there's less people being compensated on a transaction, that creates a more attractive purchase price. Very similar to if you were to buy real estate or cars and you were able to eliminate the middleman, such as a broker or what have you. So that's really our focus is just getting that maximum effort and price on behalf of our clients. Mm-hmm. So investors can can access bonds in lots of different ways. They can, it, what I think was popular for a lot of people is to buy bonds via a, a mutual fund or an exchange traded fund. And and why should an an investor own their own bonds? And and how would you compare those two, those basically, I think of those pooled funds as one kind of vehicle and then a a portfolio of individual bonds as another investment vehicle. How would you compare the two? Exactly. And that's the sort of facetious, funny comment about CNBC I made is it, it, everyone just lumps the idea of bonds into one simple investment. And it's just not that simple. There's so many nuances and different ways you can structure a portfolio, et cetera. Look, owning a fund can be a great structure. Owning your individual bonds, what's called a separately managed account, can be a great structure. It really just comes down to the investor's objectives. They all have their advantages and drawbacks. For example, a fund is great because it provides liquidity. It's a ton of convenience. And for those that have uh, relatively lower amounts of capital, It provides a ton of diversification, which can be very important for somebody that's investing a lower capital amount. For individuals and entities that tend to have larger dollar values, larger capital amounts, they tend to utilize what's called a separately managed account, which just simply means that you own the individual bonds. So rather than buying into a commingled structure, such as a mutual fund or an ETF type product, you own the individual bonds held in your name. 
held a, a year custodian, et cetera. The biggest advantages of owning your individual bonds, a lot of them come down to that conversation regarding interest rates or potential inflation and higher interest rates. When you own an individual bond, you know the exact date and the exact time that you're made whole on that bond. So regardless of what's going on in the economy, regardless of what's going on in interest rates, regardless of what the Federal Reserve does, et cetera, et cetera, you know, hey, in 24 months from now, I have X amount of dollars maturing that I get to make the decision, do I want to reinvest that at the new uh, attractive or not attractive interest rate? Or do I want to do something else with that? And that uh, sort of definition and permanence of a maturity date gives uh, high net worth individuals and, and those uh, that have the capital amounts to diversify properly when owning their own bonds a huge advantage if nothing else than just their ability to sleep well at night. Because again, you don't have to be concerned about the direction of interest rates. There are other nuances in a separately managed account that can be very helpful. Some are related to a very individual client level. Things like tax efficiency. We manage the individual portfolio specifically for that client, that entity. This is not uh, multiple decision makers and thousands of other investors that are involved in this pool of money. This portfolio is designed specifically for your goals, your needs, your tax situation, et cetera. So customization, tax efficiency, meeting your goals, your needs, your standards, whatever that may be for particular clients can really be advantageous, especially in this environment where uh, there's uh, a lot of emotion, opinion, and, and lack of clarity on where interest rates may be in the future. Yeah, Stan, as I said earlier, I, I think about bonds as that infrastructure of a balanced portfolio. Certainly, there are younger clients that aren't concerned about short-term volatility, and, and maybe they should primarily be in, in stocks and equities. But I would say the majority of our clients are, are at that point in life where right. they, there's a, they want a little bit more risk management mm -hmm. and, and, and maybe current income. And that's where bonds really really shine. But on the same side, I hear all the time about investors, the stories about their fantastically successful stock pick or their, their very successful stock picker. They may be working with a, a manager that's really good at, at picking stocks. At least they, they think he is or she. And I think about that stock picker is the, is the life of the party. Uh, but I, I really do believe that the bond guy or gal, like Bellhaven is probably someone you'll want to bring home to meet your parents. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, Peter, because I thought you were going to call me boring a few more times. No, I don't no, know no. where to go with that. <laughs> no, definitely oh, not. <laughs> no, but you're spot on. The the bond guys are known for being the 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 boring crowd at the company Christmas party. Nobody wants to talk to them until all of a sudden everyone does. When it's a, a topsy turvy sea and the market's in trouble, and you're really relying on your bond manager to provide safety. Our number one goal for all investors is always going to be the preservation of principle. That trumps all else. That trumps income. That trumps performance. We kid around or not kid around. It's really a, our internal mindset is our job is to keep our investors wealthy, first and foremost. Peter, you have plenty of other options in terms of investments that you can be sort of high flying or growth or risk on, as they say, that can create more wealth. We want to produce some income. We want to produce some extra wealth, but 
our number one job is protecting capital. So the majority of our clients tend to be uh, wealthy individuals that are looking to make sure uh, their capital is in place or wealthy institutions. But we do work with quite a bit of uh, younger, more aggressive types of investors that'll use bonds as a nice sort of placeholder. Maybe they have concerns about other investment opportunities and they want to place capital for a few years. The high quality safety and the liquidity in the bond market can be great to use almost, depending on how you structure the portfolio, but can be used sort of as a sounding off point to pull capital from one investment and invest in the other and vice versa. We see quite a bit of that. Yeah. And just that that, that non-correlation between those r- risky volatile assets like stocks is really advantageous. So even if it's a 10, 15, 20% of a portfolio, it can make a big difference and in the long run, it's re- rewarding as well. So you're definitely not boring. It's a very smart group of people. And uh, I really appreciate you being one of one of our, our partners or go-to advisory firms for, for that. So thanks. And, and it really, I'm so glad you could join us. If a listener would like to discuss bonds or would like a second opinion on the, on the, on the bonds or the funds they own, I, I suggest they reach out to me. And then if it's appropriate, I can bring you into the conversation, Stan. Would that be okay with you? That would be fantastic. I would love that. I mean, there's so many little nuances, deeper conversations about taxable municipal bonds or how bonds trade or how to get the most bang for uh, each individual investor's buck or how to customize a portfolio. Please lean on us. We'd love to do that. Our role is to work as a, a sub-advisor. So we work on behalf of advisory firms like yourself. Obviously, yourself, the firms you've worked with, have done quite a bit of due diligence on us way before we were given the right to uh, participate here today. And Obviously, Peter, you've put us through our paces with plenty of tough questions before given this opportunity. So we'd love the opportunity to speak with uh, individual clients. And I'm sure Peter's already asked that tough question. So bring them on. Great. Shall do. Stan, thanks. Thanks so much for joining us. If, if listeners want to reach out to me, please go to my website at raskinplanning.com and uh, reach out. And my, our contact information is there. And we'd be glad to answer any questions about fixed income or anything else. So Thanks again, Stan. Fantastic. Thank you for having me. Peter, this was fantastic. I mean, here's the thing. Anybody who says they want to keep me wealthy, not boring, period. Just not <laughs> not boring. You want to protect my capital? Not boring ever. So uh, Stan, thank you so much for being on the show. Peter, of course, thank you so much for having such an amazing network to bring guests like this onto the show for all of us to learn from. And of course, our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, Thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. 
Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors, securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC, investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor, insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.